0: The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your
1: own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all back, but I'm even more excited for our guest today. He is the principal over at... Cordell Capital, Mr. Charlie Wessel. Charlie, thanks for joining us today, sir. How are you?
0: Thanks for having me, Cody. We're good, man. We're good. Life is good, brother.
1: Man, that's awesome to hear. I really appreciate it. For those playing along at home, this is probably the shortest distance between two guests or a guest and myself that we've had on here. Charlie doesn't live too far away, but we are recording in different locations today. Uh, Charlie, for those that may be hearing your name, voice, and seeing your face for the first time, What's the uh, origin story? Where are you from? How you got into real estate and what you're really doing these days?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Originally from uh, Florence, South Carolina. Now living here in Charleston with my wonderful wife of 20 years. I got twin eight-year-old girls and a 12-year-old son. Yeah, We we like to have a lot of fun. Um, How I got started in real estate. I owned a general contracting firm for 10 years, sold it and uh, got in, started another business, the roofing business. And I just, I knew that, uh, you know, having rental houses wasn't going to do it. We had some rental houses before, and it just wasn't that much fun. I knew that, you know, the multifamily game was the way to scale it up. And all the guys that I'd worked for in the past that, you know, had a lot of money, they were all in commercial real estate. So I dove into it head first. And studied the the material and everything on how to invest, what a good deal looks like, this that and the other for the first year, and um, really just immersed myself into books and study courses that were available online. Then I got into my first deal by meeting people at a conference and they were like, Hey, you want to go raise some capital for this deal? I said, Absolutely. So that's now that's now what we do is we raise capital for. For good deals.
1: Well, that, listen, that's awesome. We, we always enjoy a good origin story, and it's always interesting, at least in my opinion, to hear how everyone came into it. Because I, I think one of the most underpublished or talked about things is the background that people bring, and that you really, with some education, and it's a lot easier nowadays with YouTube and bigger pockets and, and all the different podcasts and books you can read, that you can educate yourself and get into this fairly quickly. Right. And and get a ton of education and learn from everyone else's success and failures. So I I love a good orange story. So I appreciate you sharing yours. But like I was just saying, you know, we brought you on to talk a little bit about struggles and challenges you've had in your career and some of the learns you've gotten out of those. So when, you know, you're thinking through it and you're you're coming on the show, what popped in your head as far as uh, struggles or challenges you've had in your career?
0: Well, we've got, uh, I've got a couple of them, man, really. I I mean, you know, if you don't have struggles and challenges there haven't been through them, then you're not doing anything. I mean, we were underwriting, I had two partners and we were underwriting deals. God, man, for almost two years, you know, made it best and final on a handful of them was awarded one deal. It was a pretty big deal. I think it was, you know, 160 unit deal or something and it fell apart in due diligence. At that point, I had almost had enough, and it was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, the amount of time and money and effort we're spending and going to all these different properties for two years and not getting anything was just—it was insane. You know, it was hard to break in, which is why I now raise capital for guys like you that go find deals. <laughs>
1: well, well, tell me. So you're, you're you're touring all these properties. You're doing all this stuff. You're going at it for two years. You you feel like you got you know, a fish on the, on the line finally, and you're, you're reeling it in, but it, it falls through during, during due diligence. Talk me through, and then our audience as well, what types of things would make a deal fall through in due diligence? And, and, you know, did you learn anything through that experience or see anything in that due diligence period that you would now see ahead of time and you wouldn't have to wait till due diligence to find it?
0: Yeah. On this particular deal, it was um, polybutylene piping. And that was actually the case on a couple of deals that we had looked at. And it was going to be like $300 and something thousand dollars to replace this polybutylene piping that was actively leaking. So, I mean, it wasn't like, Oh, it's okay for now, but we may have to replace it in the future. Like it needed to be replaced. Like right now. Like right now. Yeah. And I mean, they had actually tied in washouts that were pvc so it looked like the property had pvc but it did not i mean it was crazy i'll be honest with you it was crazy and you find all kinds of stuff like this because i mean you know the old mom and pop shops that own you know apartment complexes i mean you know they're just trying to do as little as possible so they can i mean they're living off that income you know right. most of them were living off the income from these apartment complexes which is a damn good income
1: really. Yeah. It is, and, and they're making good money, but this is probably their only investment. This is their only property for most of them. And, and they live and die by, like you said, by by the income produced by this property. So the least they can spend to make things work, oftentimes, and unfortunately, are, are what gets done. And, and not to say that everyone's doing that, but there are a lot of people that have done that over their over time, especially on a lot of these older properties to your to your knowledge. So plumbing, sewage, that type of stuff, I would imagine now going through properties or when you're looking at a sponsor to partner with, you want to make sure, and you're looking at these deals along with them, you want to make sure you're asking those questions, I would imagine.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And we did. We asked the question and the uh, broker said it was PVC because if you look around, there's all these PVC washouts or cleanouts. And it wasn't that the owner was trying to be deceiving. It was that's how they had to make the repairs when they needed to make the repairs. You know, when a line got clogged, they had to dig it up, put a washout in, and it was PVC. So it wasn't that they were trying to be fraudulent or anything. But but then the you know, that then falls back on the 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 broker, you know, and the broker Mm -hmm. even advertised it as PVC. So, I mean, it wasn't even uh, an issue really because, I mean, you see PVC and it's all good. You see terracotta pipe and that's no bueno. You're right. So, you know, that or the polybutylene. There was another place that had copper piping, copper water lines from the 60s. And every, we found out every other month there were pinhole leaks in this copper that were just popping up left and right. So we had to go in and demo walls in all the units i mean it was a lot of stuff to go in and put pex pipe in in as opposed to the uh the copper right i mean that was going to be another like three hundred thousand dollars to go in and do all the demo on this stuff and you know i mean it's 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 big undertaking
1: sure yeah and i mean that's one cutting into your availability to lease units as you're trying to to do all this, but it cuts into a lot of the people that are existing living there. You got to, you got to gut a lot of those things immediately and stop it and get it all at once. You can't, you can't really piecemeal a lot of that stuff together. I think that goes back to one of the things we keep hearing on this show, trust, but verify, right? You know, look, look at, look at what the broker's sending you talk to the owner, but verify what it is that's going on. And especially as you're talking about in some of these older buildings, uh, or at least some of the older construction you have to trust but verify because some of the things may have just been missed over time, maybe right. they forgot or you know they or they hadn't really updated it and hadn't thought about it.
0: Right, and then you go in and try to retrade it for, you know, drop three hundred thousand dollars off the price. Right, <laughs> and they you know they're balking at that for sure. It's you know you really got to dive in and do your due diligence on it.
1: So when you're looking at things, you know, after you've gone through a bunch of these different types of deals and doing all the due diligence, what are some common things that you like to look for in due diligence after you've you've done a bunch of them, seen a bunch of stuff, top two or three things that you like to see or ask during due diligence or even before due diligence to, to really kind of feel out a property?
0: I tell you the truth is, you know, just from being a, con, a general contractor over the years, I'm wondering how old the roof is. That's a large expense replacing roofs, a big expense. So, how old are the roofs? You know, piping, obviously, from our discussion. I like to see gutters on buildings because that helps save the foundations of these buildings. You know, sit and check the foundations out as well. See if you see any major cracks going up through the brick or if they're stucco or, you know, things like that. Um, yeah
1: definitely make sure you're looking for horizontal cracks
0: yeah yeah absolutely so yeah just things like that i mean there's a whole laundry list of things but you know
1: those so are you some have
0: of the, the major... you have a
1: general contractor background you 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 see this you have a natural eye for these types of things if there are folks out there that maybe don't and you and i've talked about I, I barely know the difference between the hammer and the nail for those folks like me should they partner with somebody or should they find somebody they can really trust to help walk these properties with them if they're not as astute as your background and looking at these types of things?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's engineering firms that are out there and it's well worth your money to hire them to walk through these properties, to to check everything. I mean, that's how we found out about all this stuff is, you know, I mean, in due diligence, I mean, we're spending money on this stuff. I mean, I think that one unit that we got um, awarded, I mean, we lost like 10 grand in due diligence on it. Um, another one that we had, that's not multifamily, it's actually flex space. And this is something that I just banged my head against the wall on this because I lost about five grand in due diligence on this. And when we did a phase one environmental report and everything on it, it was 33% smaller than advertised. And I mean, with flex space, you live or die by your square footage. I mean, it's, it's rented out literally by the square foot. Right. It was 33% less square foot total than what the broker had advertised and told us.
1: So, was he aware or not aware of something like this?
0: No, he was not aware because he was just going off of what the owner told him. And I was going off of what he told me because it's out of town. And even though I'd been there and walked the property twice, I still didn't measure it. And that, you know, this was my first flex space, you know, property that we had looked at. And I'm a big fan of flex space. I mean, I think it's wonderful. I mean, there's so many small contractors and small businesses that need three to four offices up front and a 1000 square foot of warehouse in the back. It's a excellent property type our asset class. But yeah, you got to measure the place, man. You got to measure it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and back to your point, and it, it, it harkens back to what I mentioned earlier: trust but verify. But you know, when, when you're going in to these types of asset classes, especially if it's new or even out of town, like have somebody you trust or you pay that will pay to help you do these types of things to walk through and, and check all the boxes on the property, you know, because you're either going to pay for it up front and avoid mistakes on the back end, or you're going to spend way more on the back end. Because you didn't catch any mistakes up front
0: about these types of things. My advice into that whole realm is make sure that you pay for it. Don't take a free report. Pay for it. Because you're gonna get what you pay for.
1: Well, and I would imagine it's probably you pay for something up front, you catch it, it'll save you two, three, sometimes four times what you paid up front for what you would it would have cost you if you had bought the property and didn't catch it. You know, like you were talking about some some of the piping, talking about $300,000. I'm sure what you paid for in engineering and doing some of that due diligence was a fraction of the cost of what it would have cost to fix it if you didn't catch
0: it. Right, yeah. It was like $6,500 for the engineering report, which is, (laughs) yeah, to save us from having investors lose money Or not making any money, you know, I mean, that's, that's huge. I'll pay $6,500 in a heartbeat and I can lose my money. I can't lose their money.
1: Right. Yep. It's an important piece. Well, Charlie, I I can't thank you enough. I think that's incredibly valuable information for our audience to listen to and myself included. You got to make sure you're trusting, but verifying. if you don't have those resources yourself or have that experience from your previous background, pay to have somebody come in. And even if you do, pay somebody who's truly an expert to come and look at these things because it'll save you a ton on the back end. 100%. 100%. Well, Charlie, Charlie, for those that want to partner with you, talk with you more, connect with you, where can they find you at on the interwebs?
0: On the interwebs. They can find us at Cordell Capital, it's C-O-R-D-E-L-L Capital.com. And we're all over LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. So, yeah, reach out to us. We'd love to chat.
1: Perfect. Well, I will drop all those links for everyone in the show notes, so you can quickly access them and get a hold of Charlie. He's a great guy to know, so I would highly recommend reaching out. Charlie, thanks again for joining the show. I truly appreciate it, sir.
0: Absolutely, Cody. Can't wait till our next meet up. We're gonna grab beer here, same place of golf, man.
1: Hey, I'm I'm dying for it. Let's do it. And thanks everyone for listening at home. We'll catch everyone next time.
0: You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.